0: This is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drash, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Redemption, redemption. (laughs) What a concept to be redeemed, to be saved perhaps. Ge'ulah in Hebrew, Yeshua, two words, redemption and saved. I think of Bob Marley's amazing redemption song. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Redemption songs. So finally, it seems that Pharaoh agreed and let the people go and said to Moses in there, get out of here. I don't want to see you anymore. Just go, 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 He'd suffered the loss of his firstborn son. The whole of Egypt cried out at that last plague at the end of last week's episode. And here we are, the people finally leave and they, they pack up and they're in haste. And there's a whole craziness of the ritual of leaving and the blood on the doorpost and all of it and they leave and they leave 600,000 men women and children and animals leaving en masse and then Pharaoh changes his mind and chases after them and they find themselves standing At the shores of the Yam Suf, the Sea of Reeds, often mistranslated as the Red Sea, but the Sea of Reeds, the Yam Suf, they're standing there on one side, an expanse of water, and behind them, in hot pursuit, Pharaoh and the Egyptian army, between a rock and a hard place, you might say. And the Torah tells us that Moses lifted up his staff and the sea parted. Another miracle. So many signs and wonders with this mate, this staff of Moshe, of Moses. But there's another story that has it a little differently. A character called Nachshom ben Aminadav, who just started walking. The sea was there and Nachshom just started walking and the water was up to his ankles and it was up to his knees and it was up to his thighs and his waist and he kept walking and it came up to his chest and then it came up to his neck and just before he was up to his mouth in those waters then they parted then they parted and the whole people just walked through walked through that sea that had parted. And when they got to the other side, they celebrated and they sang and they danced and they felt themselves for the first time truly redeemed, saved. Shirat hayam, the song of the sea they sang. The story, of course, of Nachsham Ben Amin Adav is a very empowering story. It says to us, you know, just as we're about to give up hope and we can only see Horrendous possibilities, either drowning in the sea or being pursued by our enemies, that if we take the plunge, so to speak, if we really just start walking, that's when the miracle comes. Something about taking those steps, meeting God or whatever force in the universe causes miracles, meeting that force halfway, walking, walking, taking steps, being courageous, being brave, being hopeful. And then we are redeemed. And then we are redeemed. It's such a powerful uh, sense of the you know, this the sea part, I mean the metaphor of the sea parting. Some people say it's like a it's like a birth canal. And the Israelites as they go through that, as they come out the other end, it's really like their birthing as a nation, them being born as a real nation who is now ready to, to be a people, to practise uh, the religion, to receive the Torah, which happens next week, to be in that, in that place of, of promise and possibility and connection and community. And part of it happens through the experience of, of song, of song it says that, that so, and so Moses and all the people sang, they sang this song a song of celebration a song of, of redemption and uh, there's a, a powerful line in there which has been made very famous by a friend and colleague Rabbi Sheffer Gold who wrote a beautiful chant to it and the line says Ozi v'zimrat ya l'ishua Ozi my strength. God is my strength. And the, the song of God, the, the thrumming song of God. God is both my strength and God is my song. And God will be for me in the future a Yeshua, a force that saves me. Rabbi Sheffer Gold says that, uh, My strength is, is about my will. My will. My determination, my willingness to show up and be in the struggle. And the zimra, the zimratya is about surrender. Just surrendering into the song, surrendering into the music, letting go. We need both. And she says so beautifully that when that force of will, the force of will, and the ability to surrender are in perfect harmony, which they really are, of course, but when they're in perfect harmony, when we get that balance right between will and being able to let go, when we get that balance right, that's the redemptive moment. That's the redemptive moment. Something about the struggle of this people, their journey uh, through slavery and out of slavery and the, the trials and the plagues and the craziness of that whole period. Something about that perhaps is about determination and surrender, knowing when to surrender and knowing when to when to hold on. Oziv Vazimratya Vajili Dishua
1: Vazimratya L'ishua Ozi oh, V'zimratya V'yehi li L'ishua Ozi oh, V'zimratya V'yehi li L'ishua li Ozi oh,
0: we think of being saved as uh, perhaps something a little Christian. The idea of salvation coming from, a, from that world of personal salvation with a personal connection. To, to Jesus as being salvation. But really, um, salvation is a very, very Jewish concept. You know, these, these passages, because another very important verse from the song, from the Shirah, and by the way, this Shabbat is called Shabbat Shirah, the Shabbat of song, because there's something about this song that is the quintessence of, of, of redemption. There's something about singing. Singing can be about a powerful act of resistance, and singing can be about celebration, and singing can be about joy. It can also be about sadness. It can be about yearning. It can be about so many things. But here, it's such a, it's a song of redemption, redemption song, (laughs) a song of celebration. And anyway, um, so verses from it. Very famous words: "Who is like you, God? You know who. Who can we compare to you, God?" And that 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 verse appears every single day, morning and evening, in our liturgy, in the Shacharit service, in the morning service, and in the uh, evening service, we have that that liturgy comes in before the Amidah, before the central standing prayer, our personal and devotional worship prayer. That we that we say every day, three times a day, traditional Jews pray that prayer, and every time before they pray it, we say verses from the Shirah, verses from the song of the song of the sea, as and, and then the, there's a there's a, a a blessing, a bracha, that comes before the Amidah that says, "Ga'al Yisrael, Baruchat Hashem Ga'al Yisrael." Bless you, God, who has redeemed Israel, in the past tense. You have redeemed Israel. You redeemed Israel in the past. In this narrative that we're reading this week, in this narrative of crossing over the sea, that narrow place, the place that seems impossible to cross over, we cross over. Israel was redeemed. And then we enter into the Amidah, and the rabbis tell us that the Amidah is all, especially the Amidah of, of Shacharit in the morning, that we say optimally, just as the sun is rising, that is the the ultimate expression of Gulah, the ultimate expression of redemption is in that noticing the sunrise and and entering our morning, morning prayer, our deep uh, central prayer of the morning, in that space of having said, Ge'al Israel, God, you you redeemed Israel in the past, and now we're praying in this present moment for redemption right now, in our present and for a redemption in the future. Very, very powerful, and we we frame it with those with those verses from this Shira, from this from this song. Mihamocha neda ba'kodesh Nothing can compare to that. Force of holiness in the world that allowed for, for redemption. We often found out, find ourselves, um, we often find ourselves stuck between between two realities that both seem impossible, and unfathomable, and impassable. We we saw it earlier in the book of Genesis, you know, with um, the classic story of uh, of Abraham of Abraham and. His son Isaac, you know, and and there's uh, Abraham is facing two impossible choices. One is to to disobey the God that he loves and has taken on as being the one true God, and the other is to kill his son, who he loves. Extreme, extreme, deeply painful choices. Neither of which is is uh, conscionable for Abraham in that moment. And then he lifts up his eyes and he sees, he sees a ram caught by its horns in a thicket and is told that that's the sacrifice, not his son. And so a third possibility emerges, one that he could not imagine. And I imagine it's similar like with the B'nai Israel. The Israelites, they're standing there. There's only two possibilities. Either they're going to drown in the sea or they're going to be killed by the Egyptians and by Pharaoh's army. And this third possibility emerges, the possibility of a miracle, the possibility of a of a parting of a sea. Parting of a sea. And by Yabashah, on dry land, they, they crossed over. They thought they were gonna drown in the sea and they walk on dry land. There's a beautiful uh, Midrash that talks about the fact that there were 12 tribes, and there were a path for each one of the 12 tribes through, through that parted sea. And if they looked up in the, in the walls of water, they saw every color of the rainbow. They saw like incredible visions. They saw extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary uh, miracles and visions in that wall. And then it says the two tribes of Shimon and Levi, they were looking down not up, and they were just very aware of the mud underneath their feet. And they said, ugh, this mud's disgusting. In fact, this mud, you know what it reminds us of? It reminds us of the mortar that were in the bricks that we used to have to build when we were slaves in Egypt. You know what? We might as well be slaves in Egypt. And their whole perception and their whole experience of that moment, rather than being a miracle, is being a reminder of a past that they want to forget and they're just literally stuck in the mud while the other ten tribes are like wow, look at this look up at this and that also seems to be such an invitation for us in every moment in every moment we can be walking through this world and we can be feeling the mud beneath our feet and we can hear it squelching and we can go ugh this is disgusting. What is this reality? This is, this is like a, an awful, muddy reality. Or we can choose to look up and see the, the depth of, of, of beauty and possibility in the miraculous walls of water that have parted for us and allowed us to cross over into a realm that we couldn't even imagine as possible. So that's the invitation of this 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 parsha, this this passage that we read of redemption. It's about opening our eyes to the the fullness of what's around us and what's above us, and it's also about knowing that we, in in every moment, can also be like Nachshon Ben Aminadav, and we can just take the plunge, <laughs> walk through, be be the be soul warriors, and just take those take those first steps and somehow have the, the faith and the courage to know that something might happen that will blow our minds and change our whole perception of reality and that we, like the Israelites, will be singing joyous songs of, of redemption when we get to the other side.
1: Ozi <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.